You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. So, Thanksgiving. You know, y'all know that's just like two and a half weeks away? You know, I, I, I mean, you know, it's kind of, you know how holidays are. It's kind of like you don't start thinking about the next one until the next one, right? So, until the, till the one coming right up is over with. Well, Halloween's over, so now we're thinking about Thanksgiving. And uh, you better already be thinking about Christmas, you know, because it's coming up real soon after that as well. But Thanksgiving is just two and a half weeks away. Three weeks from today will be uh, the Thanksgiving weekend, you know. So, uh, so, you know, we're already thinking about that. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? I, uh, listen, th- this, this is really getting on my toes here a little bit for myself. I'm thinking about the food. I'm sorry, okay? I'm, I'm thinking about the food. And, and really, I, I'm preaching to myself when I start this part of the message out with the introduction that it's not about the food, right? And, you know, and I, I, I see all the time, you know, people talking about how much food costs. And I, I saw one estimation that uh, the average Thanksgiving dinner this year is going to cost $251 and some odd cents. You know, I don't know who is spending $250, but would you give me your address because I want to be there, you know, uh, at least for some leftovers because there's got to be some leftovers in a meal like that, right? I mean, I looked up, uh, you know, I, I looked up because I remember seeing years and years ago something about how much the first Thanksgiving back in 1621, how much it cost, you know, the first one that's here, the one that we remember and celebrate here uh, in the United States. Uh, and and, and I couldn't find that uh, the past couple of weeks. I kept looking for it, looking for it. And, but you know what I found? I found that we, we argue a lot about what the first Thanksgiving meal was, you know. I, I actually read one article where the guy said, I can't tell you what was there, but I can tell you what wasn't there. Now, if you can tell me what wasn't there, why can't you tell me what was there? How do you know it wasn't there? You know, is there some writing that said, we didn't have this, we didn't have this, we didn't, no, you know, how do you know we didn't have, of course, they didn't have canned ham, I'm sure, you know, but they, they, you know, had some things that we have, and so we just argue about all those kinds of things. I mean, Thanksgiving, you know, can just get out of hand, I mean, that's not all we argue about. I mean, the, all the stuff, you know, the, uh, you know, and some people call it revisionist history and those kinds of things, and some of it is, some of it's not. But still, there's so much that, that we argue about with that. Or uh, some of us, you know, it's all about football. You know, I, I'm not a huge professional football fan, but I love college football, but I do like professionals as well. I, also, I really like to follow up on the, the, the in-state guys that have made good in the NFL, but did you know that this year, Thanksgiving, there is a triple header in the NFL, you know? I mean, we can, we can just wake up and just watch TV all day. It's going to be like just another New Year's Day, right, for us to watch, watch, watch football all day long. You know, once we get the kids to stop watching the parade, we can get into the serious stuff, right? It's not about football, now, I'm going to make some of you mad with this one, all right? Thanksgiving is not about family. There's an, oh, wait, yes, it is, because, you know, I'm thankful for my family and all that. But, but sometimes we cross the line from being thankful for something to doting on it to idolizing it. And sometimes we do make it all about the family, and it's all about the family instead of being thankful for the family. And it's not about that either. What is it about? I, I mean, th- it's, it's got to be about more than just the amount of money we spend, the food that we eat. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to rattle off a few minutes ago the ones that I'm looking forward to, but I won't do that. Just make you guys hungry, right? 
It's not about all, football. It's not about all those things and all that. It's not about having a weekend off. It's not about, it's not, about ha- not having to work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's not about all those things. Thanks, Thanksgiving, to really be Thanksgiving, it's got to be a way of life. True gratitude is a way of life. It's how we respond to the things that we have received from God. And that has to be a way of life. Because if you only do it one time, you're not really thankful if you only do it one day a year. You're not really thankful if uh, we have to remind ourselves, you know, every, every once in a while to be thankful. To really be thankful means it becomes a way of life. And that's why we've chosen the sermon series title, Thanks Living. Now, we're going to begin today by talking about that first little icon up there. We're going to begin today talking about giving, you know. We took the G out of Thanksgiving, but we're going to put it back in for this moment to talk about giving. Because, I mean, the, the way we respond to the things that we've received really dictates, I mean, it really is the, it really is the uh, you know, it's the metric to measure how we feel about the things that we've received, our response to those things. And, and God didn't just give us stuff so that we could just get fat and bigger, you know. He didn't give us all the blessings of, of all the turkey and dressing and all the fixings just so that we could get fat one time a year. Or have to work between holidays, you know, to, so we can do it again this next holiday coming up. He didn't do that, but he shared with us so that we could in turn share with him. So we're going to talk about giving this morning. And I'm really excited about this because I want to share some things with you. I want to share with you about who we are as 2911 and about the things that we do because and through our giving. I want to share that with you. But before I get there, I've got to start with this. Let me give you three basics of giving, okay? And then and these are going to be like the teaching parts. And these will be the, the parts that really, you know, get on your toes just a little bit and remind us, you know, how we focus, we should be focusing at least, and all of those things before we get into maybe the more exciting part because we need to understand some things about our giving, okay? Three things about our giving, okay? And here's the first one. The first one is trusting. Now, if you lack giving, if, if, if you are lacking in your giving, that is a sign that you are lacking in your trusting. Because if you don't give, and most of the people, when they don't give, it's like, well, I can't afford to give, right? They can't afford to give. And listen, that also always sounds like someone that doesn't have enough, you know, someone that's barely making it by, you know, I just, I just don't make very much money and I never have enough to give, okay? I'll get back to that in just a moment, but let me tell you something. I hear that not just from people. You'll hear this not just from people who don't have very much. You'll hear this from people who have a lot because they say, well, I've got too many obligations. We have plenty of excuses, but what we're really saying in this, if you think about it, and if you go to our faith and the way we're responding to what God says he can do for us and what he has, if we look at it that way, we realize, wait a minute, we're not trusting him, we're trusting ourselves. That I'll figure out how to make this little bit that I've got in my pocket get me by. That I'll figure out how to, how to maybe I've got a lot, but I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, you know, those things that I have committed to. And because of this, but I'll figure out how to do that so we're not putting our trust in him, we're putting our trust in ourselves. But what we must remember, Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and, its, and all its people belong to him. Every single thing. You know, and we, we know, right? You, you do know, they say you can't take it with you. You know, when you die, you're leaving it all here. You do know that, right? All that money that you're saving up and, you know, that, that nice boat that you're keeping up really, really nice, somebody else is going to trash that boat after you, you leave here. 
I mean, they're going to they're gonna not treat it like you've treated it. They're not going to wash it as much as you've washed it. They're not going to take care of all the things that need to be taken care of like you have. All of that stuff is going away. You know why? Because it doesn't belong to you. It's on loan. Everything in this world belongs to God. He's, he's always been the owner of it. All the, all the stuff, it's all, he's always been the owner of it. And so giving is about trusting and say, wait a minute, I'm, I'm giving because I'm in partnership with the one who owns everything. And giving isn't about, it isn't about saying, this is mine and I, I give, give it to you, God. It's like recognizing, wait a minute, this is God's. And I give, I give, it, to, give it back to you. I'm, I'm, I'm part of this. You've given this to me and I give it back to you. Okay, here's the second thing about that. And it kind of leads into it real well. is proportionality. You see, it, it would be unfair, I think. You know, I guess if God had a reason for doing it, I couldn't call it unfair. But I think it would be unfair if God required the same amount of giving from you that he requires from you because we all are required to give proportionally. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. You know what tithe means? It means a tenth, 10%. Bring all the tithes. So you know what that means? If you make $5 a week, that's 50 cents for you. You know, if you make $500 a week, that's, you know, $50 for you. You know, it's proportionality. So no one gives, and think about this, is during those times that maybe, you know, th times are lean at the house, you know, when you're not making very much money, guess what? You know, and that decreases a little bit too. And then when you're making good, you know, it, it increases. I remember that old story. I, I, I mean, I, how many times I've, I've told this story uh, about, the, about the guy that went in to see his pastor. And he said, Pastor, you got to pray for me. He said, you know, back when I was making $100 a week, you know, barely scraping by back when I was a kid, you know, and living at home with my mom and dad and all that, said it was easy to pay $10 a week in tithes. He said, but, you know, now God is blessing me and he's, spit out a number of what he's making every week. He said, it's really hard. It's really hard to give 10% to God. I want you to pray with me about this, Pastor. And so the pastor came over and said, let's pray right now. And so the young man bowed his head. Pastor got down on his hands and knees, put his hands on both of, the, uh, both of the, his, his young friend's knees. And, and he said, God, you hear what a temptation this is. And so I ask you, God, to take away this good job and take him back to $100 a week so he can be, he can be truthful and honest with you and again. And the young man, you know what he said? He said, never mind, pastor. I get it. I get it. Hey, man, everything's good. Everything's good. And he gets up and walks away. It's proportionality. It's giving. Now, I know, I know this, sound, you know this sounds like to someone who has never been a giver, it's 10%? Are you kidding me? But you got to understand. Now, we're going somewhere with this third one here in just a second. You got to understand, it's a trust factor. It's trusting that God owns it all. He already owns everything in your pocket. Not just that 10%. He owned it and blessed you with it a long time ago. And, and, and not only that, he owns all the money in everybody else's pockets out there. You know, and if your business is struggling, guess what? He already owns the money that he can bring into your business this week. Your sales are struggling. He already owns the money that he can bring into your sales. So it's, a, it's, it's about trust and it's about proportionality. And you know what? You know what follows up this this little phrase, this little command of God right here. Bring all the tithes into. You know, you know. Think about that word up there, all as well. Don't bring nine percent. Now, let me tell you. I, I, I'll I'll just uh, be honest with you. There have been times that I've told people to give five percent and two percent because they were being disobedient, not giving anything. And I said, well, how about how about testing God just a little bit? Could you give Him two percent for just a little while, and then just see if you can move up to five? But here's the problem is I can't make any promises till you get to 10. 
because all the promises are on being obedient. You know, they're not, they're not about, you know, well, I do a little bit. No, it's about proportionality. God is calling us to an obedience here. You know, and, and listen, I, this is, you know, some, some preachers have a hard time preaching on sex. I mean, this is the one I have the hardest time on because I, I just, everybody's like, well, pastors, they just, they just want your money. No, here, I want, what I want you to do is I want you to fall in love so much with the vision of a church that it has every bit of you, that the vision that God has given to that church has every bit of you, that you say whatever it takes to make this vision come to pass, I want to be a part of it. And you see, this phrase right here, bring all the tithes, bring the whole tenth, 10% into the storehouse, into my house, when God says that, do you know what's follow, what, it follow, what follows up right after that? Four promises. Now, I don't have a lot of time here today, so I'm thinking about skipping those four promises, or would y'all like to hear them? You know, we want to hear four promises. We'd like to hear those. Can we skip this part, though? Mm-mm. You can't skip this. We don't want to hear this part. We want to hear the promises, right? I mean, if I told you I can either tell you the command or the promises, which would you have chosen this morning? We want to hear the promises, right? But you don't get the, you know, the if-then statements. If you do this, then. You don't get the then if you don't do the if. There's the if. You want to see the then? Man, these are awesome right here. Bring them up for me. There will be food in his house. Now, that's an obvious thing, right? Because what happens when we bring the tenth into, the, into God's house, there is food. People are being fed today because someone brought the tenth into God's house last week, last month, last year. I mean, it just goes, that's, just, that's an easy one. That's like, well, duh, God. You know, obviously there's going to be food in your house if we bring the stuff in, right? Here's the second one. God will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. So big a blessing, you can't contain it. You, now, now, I used to look at this like, he's going to throw open the windows of heaven and I'm going to be just swamped with it. But I don't look at it that way anymore. I'm, you know, David said, I'm, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seen begging for bread. That's another great, great scripture to throw into this message. But it's also something just, let me tell you, listen, I, I was young and I'm, I'm not old yet, but I was young one time, you know, and, and, and today I'm older, you know, and I'm looking at this thing in a little different way. And what I see is that the windows of heaven are open and every single day, it rains into my life every day. And you know what? If it rained every day on this earth like it rains into my life, then the rivers could not hold the, hold the floods that would come. The lakes could not hold them. The oceans could not. I mean, it would just, it, it would just continually just go over and over and over, and, and we couldn't hold That's what he's talking about. You can't contain the blessings that you have. For the rest of your life, you are going to be blessed. You can't, you can't hold them. You can't hold them, but you can hold today's, can't you? And so he lets it rain today. When, when you are obedient to him, here's what he does, is he blesses, He opens those windows, and it rains blessings into your life today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next And this is the promise that we have. And, and if we were to give them all at one time, we could not contain all of the blessings that we have. I can't, I, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've, te- I've testified to you about just miracles after miracles of uh, of financial blessing of how God took care of things paid for things that Dave and I would look back and you know after two or three weeks of stuff that we had just dumped on us like how how are we going to pay for this and a few weeks later we look back and say how did we pay for that and we don't know except God just opened the windows of heaven and poured out daily blessings to make sure everything was taken care of. Or, or number, number three, I got to hurry. I'm going to preach these, right? Your harvest will be abundant, but it'll also be protected and it will not fail. 
Y'all ever feel like, as the Bible says, you put, sometimes you're putting your money in bags with holes? You feel like they just, it's going out just as fast as it comes in? He says, I will protect it where it won't go out as fast as it comes in. I will keep it from failing. And number four is this, others will note that you are blessed. Now, why do I care about that? You know, why do I care that others know I'm blessed? As a matter of fact, some of us, we don't want our families to know we're blessed because they'll ask for money, right? We don't want people to know, you know. But here, here's, here's what he's saying here. You're going to be so stinking blessed, other people are going to say, wow, look at that. That's what he means. You're going to be obviously blessed. It's going to be obvious to others around you that you have been blessed by God. And they're going to take note of that. That's what he means by that. So it means, it means there's such blessing that it's an obvious blessing. It's not like, I wonder if God did that. It's like, oh, wow, what God did. Those are the four blessings from the obedience, okay? So you wanted to hear them, so I threw those in, right? Interesting that I already had them ready for you, though, right? I figured you'd want to hear those. So, so here's the third basic, okay? And these, these, these are kind of going somewhere as well. They're connecting to this last one about investing. Don't pay your tithes. Don't give your tithes. See yourself as investing. You know what the word invest means? Okay, now, don't look it up in your dictionary. I'd, I'd rather you get the breakdown of invest. Now, this word invest, the, the N in there, I-N, think about it as E-N, as in to put something in. Like when you encourage somebody, you give them courage, right? You put it in, E-N, that's what that E-N means. And vest, what does that mean? You know, not just the one that you wear, you know, with your three-piece suit, right? But it, it means vestment. Or, you know, it's, it's like giving somebody. So it means to give something clothing. It means to put into them or to give to them clothing or some attribute, to clothe them with some attribute. So, so think about this here. Where you, as you look and you see your money as an investment, you, you see your money as not just something that sits in your pockets, not just something that everybody steals from you out there because everybody's got to have a buck these days, not just something that comes and goes as fast as it comes, but something that, that you are giving the ability, you are investing or you are clothing, you are giving the ability to accomplish something. You are investing it. You are in clothing it with an ability to do something. That's what an investment is, is you are cre you're creating a different attribute for that thing than just those people who hoard it. You are, you are investing. And we know what investments do, right? Investments grow if they're, if they're handled properly. You know, and, and I've always been someone, I, I didn't like whole life insurance because, you know, what, you know, people say, yeah, but whole life, you know, you're building up cash reserve, cash equity, you know, and then you, you've got that, you know, end of life, that death thing, you know, benefit that your, your, uh, you know, your offspring, your, your, your heirs get and say, but, you know, I'm saying, but I don't get both of those. You know, I, I get one or the other, but you know what happens when you invest in God? You get it here. And you get it there. You get it now and you get it then. It's like you get it all the time because it's not about like an investment that you're going to get one time. This is a partnership that you're creating with God to understand that I trust he owns everything and he is interested in taking care of everything. And I'm doing my part and my part is proportional. And here how, here's how proportional it is, is my investment and the way he returns. And Brent hit on this a couple of weeks ago, is that when I do my part and God does his part, 
My part is like this, and God's part is like this. And so when I'm giving in to God and God is giving in to me, it's like I'm taking a, I'm taking a teaspoon, you know, and giving to God. That's, what, that's all I got, God. That's all I can give to you, my proportion. But God's proportion, he's got a big old bulldozer that he is pouring into my life with, not just financial blessings, but all the blessings that I need in my life. It's proportional, and it's proportional, and, and, and it's about trusting that he owns all that, and he has so much more because of that. And it's about investing because I know what my investment return is going to be. Okay, so that's those basics that I had to lay out for you. Now I'll get to the part that I was really excited about. And this is, he said, because if you're going to invest, you need to find something worth investing in. Well, how do I invest in the kingdom of God? You got, you got to find somebody doing something for God. And you got to put your money there and your effort there and your talent there. And listen, uh, you, you heard me say it last week, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it a bunch more times. If this church doesn't make you want to be involved, roll up your I'll say this again too, Jesus doesn't want you to attend a church. He wants you to be a part of a church. And if this church doesn't make you want to roll up your sleeves and get involved in making a vision happen, and even, yes, opening up your wallet and making a vision happen, then please go find that church. There's a church out there that's got a vision that agrees with you and that you will agree with that vision and you need to jump in the middle of that church and say, I want to make this vision happen, okay? And uh, like I said it last week, Brent said it a couple of weeks, ago, being all in, all of those things, all of these things that to invest in this. Well, let me tell you what it looks like when you invest in 2911. <laughs> That's why I'm excited to tell you this, right? I mean, and I'm not really even talking about this building. I I'm talking about the stuff that we're doing right here. Here's some of the vision things that have happened just over the past year or so. Benevolence, benevolence happens regularly because you give. L let me tell you, when, when somebody comes to us with a need, we try to help everybody out at least once. I'm I'll tell you this because you invest your money here. I want you to know, we try to help anyone out the first time. But then we tell them, if you want to receive, if you think you're coming back in a week or two and need some more money, then you need to get involved in some kind of financial counseling or a, a financial small group, and we can help you find both of those. You know, so you decide what you want, but we're not, gonna we're not here to just give out money. We're here to help you dig your way out to see God begin. So we, we do that. And I can't tell you, because of confidentiality purpose, I can't tell you all the times that we have been able to bless because you have been, been givers. And you've brought, you've brought your gifts into the God's house, like Malachi 3.10 says, and there's food in the house, and so we get to bless people. Here's some specific things we did, like those medical needs for, I think, eight or nine children last year in Honduras. And right now, uh, we've reached out to Angie, Angie uh, Altamorano in, uh, in Honduras about, you know, what their needs are now. So we did, we did that, uh, uh, just some surgeries that needed to take place, eyeglasses that needed to take place, the kids needed, a lot of things there. Did a baby shower for nine expectant mothers in our community that didn't have means to take care and and this was part of a part of a ministry that was a pouring into them spiritually as well parents night out one of our grow groups did and that was open to the whole community and and uh, some of them really took advantage of that and I mean they really took advantage of that right and uh, we did 10 teacher grants along with our coffee shop makers we did 10 teacher grants to local teachers in our area at the beginning of the school year our built to last marriage conference uh, that the church spot you didn't 
didn't think $25 a couple paid for that, did you? No, your church did that because we believe in marriages. We believe in having strong marriages. And so your church put that together. And then the Fall Fam Fest, and, and it wasn't just the candy. You brought the candy, so we didn't have to buy that. And so you're involved that way, and pe people worked it hard. That's something we've done a whole lot around 2911 is those kinds of blessings to our community. And those are the kinds of things that we do. But that's not all because we've also got some things that are upcoming. This is one of our busiest times of year at 2911 because of these upcoming things about our vision. All right. Uh, and one of them, uh, something we've been doing now for several years. I don't even know how long we've done this. Uh, Roy Chicks, I think, kind of heads this up. But a Thanksgiving meal for the Alabama Baptist Children's Home. And this was, they need a new name, really, because uh, it's not just a children's home anymore. It's almost, it's almost like a halfway house of getting, getting ladies who have been in abusive situations, helping them take the next step so then they can take eventually from there, they can take the step into full independence. And so uh, we provide a Thanksgiving meal for them so that they're, these moms don't have to cook Thanksgiving, you know, uh, there. So we're doing that. The 2911 Kids Food Drive. And uh, this is something that our kids back there, you know, those kids that we just missed and went back there with our, our kids workers that they're doing and uh, this this food is going to a local uh, local food pantry over in uh, Mount Olive uh, at, at uh, Grace Methodist um, and uh, it's going over there to their food pantry it's not going till after Thanksgiving so if you if you can give to this give to it you can bring it here on Sundays all this month long but it's not going until actually after Thanksgiving so don't think Thanksgiving meal think Christmas meal those kinds of things okay and uh, for some reason they've told us they don't need corn they don't need peas I don't know somebody's been giving them a lot of corn or peas but you can get involved in this or you can even bring it in the middle of the week as long as makers is open you can bring it in and uh, they'll make sure that it gets to the right box so that it can get so it can get there and then uh, one of our big big things is the Kentucky Christmas blessing and uh, the deadline for this is uh, it's the end of this month it's the last Sunday of this month and um, now, you got to think about that. Okay, these are holidays, so I, I, I might be out of town that week, so I need to make sure I get started on this. The two biggest things they ask for are coats and bicycles. And uh, the reason they ask for coats is this is, the, this is in Appalachia. Uh, in Kentucky. And uh, where they're going this year is Whitesburg, Kentucky. This is an area that was almost literally wiped out by the floods uh, of this year and uh, kids don't have toys they don't have they, they don't have the only coat clothes they've got and coats and those kinds of things are the things that people have given to them and uh, since the floods uh, have subsided so so if you can give to that this is something we do and then we we take it from here to Dalton Georgia it gets on a big truck with with churches all over the southeast and they take them up and they just do this big I mean you're seeing the pictures of it. they just do this big giveaway and they invite people in and they share the gospel message with every family that comes in and every year over a hundred people give their heart and life to Jesus Christ because we show them the love of Christ through our giving so if you can buy a bicycle or you can buy a coat please do so and and I know we've, we've already uh, gotten a lot of the coats if you want to ask more questions about that you, you can see Regina uh, but and it doesn't have to be a bicycle. Okay? If, you, if you can only buy a couple of Barbies or something, whatever you can buy, be a part of this. We'll bring all the toys in on that last Sunday, uh, November the 27th, I believe it is. We'll bring all the toys in that last Sunday and uh, have them up here, and we'll pray over them because we know that they're going to be a blessing to somebody. And then the, the, the other thing that we've got going on is uh, Operation Christmas Blessing. This is something the Royal Chicks 
they work all year long raising money to be able to uh, to be able to bless families, and not just toys, but with other things that the families need. You know, this is local families right here, and I think there have been some years that we've we've blessed uh, 23 different families at times. Uh, so I think last year was 17 or 18 families that that we blessed. And so if you want to be a part of that, um, then please do so. And uh, you know, if you want to. Anything with Royal Chicks, see Rogina, and uh, she can tell you about that. These are the things that your church is doing. This is the vision of your church. I, I, I don't understand why anybody say, I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> you know, and I hope you don't want to just say, let me tell you what the church I attend does. Let me tell you what some of the people in my church do. I hope you would rather be able to say in your heart, I'm so thankful for what we are a part of, what we are doing, that Jesus doesn't want you to attend a church. He wants you to be a part of a church. If this kind of thing doesn't excite you, then please go find a church that is doing the stuff that excites you, that makes you want to be a part of his, his gospel work. Jesus, he taught people, but he didn't just teach them. He ministered to the needs, whatever needs they had. Right in that moment, he ministered to those needs. He fed them when they were hungry. He healed them when they were sick. He even raised them from the dead after some had died. So find that, find that church. You know, let me, let me wrap this up. That thanks living is living out your thankfulness. But I wanted to add something. I, wanted, I didn't want to just say Thanksgiving is living out your thankfulness. For the things that matter. Come on, the things that matter. My wife said it last night after, you know, I crawled in bed and, all this and I, I don't remember what I said something about football you know it was a rough day yesterday <laughs> Alabama Auburn and UAB all lost in overtime you believe that <laughs> all three of them all three of them one day it was a, you know and I said something and David said I'm sure I'll hear something about it tomorrow morning in the sermon <laughs> you know you know, and, and so sometimes sometimes we're thankful. You know, I know people that, man, they, their team wins on Saturday. They go to church on Sunday and say, man, I'm, I can worship God today. My goodness. I, I hope you've got a winning team so that you can worship God most Sundays, you know. Because if you don't, I mean, it's not just about being living out your thankfulness. Living out your thankfulness for the things that matter. Let's talk about things that matter for just a moment. Most of you know, um, if you're regular, I'm sure you know that my mom passed away in July. We've had to move my dad to assisted living, and so we've had to sell his house. So we had to clean out a whole lot of stuff. Thankfully, they moved about 10 or so years ago. And so, you know how it is that somebody's been married 60 plus years, and <laughs> they got a bunch of junk. Thankfully, we got rid of some of that junk 10 years ago, right? We still had a lot of stuff we had to get rid of and move around and see who wanted this. And listen, I, I've, I've been a pastor for quite a few years now. I've seen a lot of family fights over inheritances and who gets this and who gets that. Let me tell you, some, let me tell you, tell you two requests that blessed me so much is uh, one of the grandsons asked for a particular coffee table book. You know what that is? That's, that's one of those books nobody really reads, just sits there on a coffee table, right? And he asked for that because he just remembered it being there. And one of the great-grandsons asked for cookie cutters. Now, listen, that coffee table book was not written by some famous author, and those, those cookie cutters were not made of gold. They weren't anything special. But both of those things 
meant something special to those two guys because of the person it was connected to. And they were cherishing in their hearts. I want to remember this. I want to remember them. They were cherishing. They were putting a value on things that had no value. They really didn't have any value. I mean, if you took it down the street, nobody's going to buy those from you. No, no financial value, but they were putting value in those things. And not just, not just for the memories, but so I guarantee you, my, my little nephew one day, he's got, he's got, his, got his first first child now, his first daughter. I guarantee you, I know it, there's going to be a day that they're making cookies for those cookie cutters. And he's going to be telling her some of the memories and the stories of his grand. You see, that's the same way it is with us and Jesus. Is these things that he's done for us and given us, not, not the financial part, of it, but all the other stuff, the stuff that he's done for us and given to us. He's put inside of it. The, these are the things that we're supposed to be treasuring and treasure them in such a way where it's not just, oh, I want to remember these things, but so I can share those memories and stories with somebody else. Because that's what this is all. And that's, to me, that's what thanks living is. It's, it's not about just saying, you know, showing up on Sunday morning, thank you, Jesus. You know, or occasionally, thanks, Jesus. But it's about living it out. Thanks living having this living out this thankfulness about the things that really matter in our life one more one more thing about 2911 and we're, and we're closing okay it's like this building when we bought this building a lot of people said well we need to do this 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 you know and view around here then you know that y'all y'all heard me say all right l listen people in this room right here don't be thinking chandeliers and sheetrock right y'all remember me saying that yeah because one of the things we did is first of all, we focus on that out there. We didn't even paint the sheet, paint the, uh, not sheet, right, the uh, OSB in here yet at that point. Although, I mean, it, it, it was warehouse. <laughs> it was more warehouse than it is now. It's because we were focused on that and we were focused on that and we were focused on that. We were focused on the kids area before we were focused on this. Because this is kind of our place, right? And that's their place. Do, you, do, do we remember what God's called us to. I mean, this is, this is a thing for me. I, I, I stand here in the middle of all this OSB and, and insulation that's just been sprayed black and, you know, and still we don't have our lights in that we want and all that stuff and still hadn't got trimmed down on the car, on the, you know, and we, but we need to do some stuff out here. We need to do some. And every time I, I look and I see this, it reminds me God didn't call me to do what blesses me. He called me to touch somebody else. So, you know, here's what God led us to do. These things right here. So, we built a coffee space where people can find peace and develop friendships. And, you know, that's, that's not all that happens out there, but it's the quickest wrap-up I could give you. We built a play space where kids can be safe and moms can get a small break. Again, that's not all that happens there. I see a lot of grandparents out there say, oh, thank God you got a place that I can let my grandkids play for a little while, right? Or a rental space where families can afford to celebrate together. Our goal, again, is not to make money on our rental space, to keep it as cheap as possible so that people can it, it enjoy and, and afford it. And even this worship space here, where those who are hurting, confused, tired, disillusioned, or lost can find everything they need in Jesus. This is what it's all about, guys. Don't forget that. It's not about my song that I want to be, I want to hear song. It's not about... I think we should have gotten this chair instead of that chair. It's not, it's not about all the, that kind of stuff. It's about this right here. 
It's about those people that need, 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 need. It's about people that need peace, people that need rest, people that need encouragement, people that need a little help, people who are lost, people who are disillusioned. I love that statement on our website that said we're a church for people who are done with church. I love that. Let's not forget that's what it's all about. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.